What percent of your day is spent wearing headphones? I don't know about you, but I'm wearing them more often than not, especially during work hours. Sometimes we wear headphones to send a message. I'm busy. Leave me alone. Sometimes we wear them without playing anything at all. Have you ever done that? I have. I put them on, I start working, and I just forget to play anything. <laughs> and, and whenever I do remember to play something, not all headphones make the something sound the same. Some headphones make stuff sound like this. Others make things sound like this. Or maybe they make stuff sound like this. Or not. By the way, I am your father. Wow. And then I found Grado headphones, obsessive about their sound, beloved by artists ranging from Neil Young to John Mayer to Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. I love these headphones, but I love what I've learned about them even more, because what they do seems utterly, well, you know. Grado headphones, made by Grado Labs in Brooklyn, has been featured on CNN and NBC. They've been in the New York Times, TechCrunch, Wired, Vogue, Fast Company, Esquire, American Express Open Forum. Whew, getting tired yet? Because they are too. This is not why they do their work. They do their work slowly. They don't advertise, not a cent, despite almost every competitor paying big bucks on ads. They don't have swank new offices. In fact, they're still in the same old building in Brooklyn that they purchased in 1918. They don't upgrade their tech, preferring instead to use the same equipment they did decades ago. And so what everyone else says you have to do to build a successful consumer electronics business, Grado just doesn't. They even make their headphones by hand. It's crazy, it's wonderful, it's impossible. Keep, 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 keep it going! It's unthinkable. Stories about conventional thinking at work and the people who dare to question it. I'm Jay Akunzo. So what emotion or idea do headphone brands represent? Well, just watch any of the endless stream of commercials that they run and you can guess. Some of these brands convey the idea of defiance. This is your time. Screw all the haters. You're an athlete. You're tossing weights, sprinting the track, focused. That's from a Beats by Dr. Dre commercial. Some headphone brands are all about passion. They're all about energy. You're a DJ dancing along to your own hits, commanding a rolling sea of neon lit people who all gyrate wildly with your every hand motion. That would be Sony. Other headphone brands want to be part of your everyday life. All the important emotions that you experience, like, like love. Boy sees girl on bus. Boy makes girl a song. Boy runs into girl at long last at the bus stop. Boy plays song for girl. Girl smiles. That was from Bose. So, what emotion or idea does Grado Labs want to represent? The sound. Pretty simple. I went to talk to the Grado in chief. Hey, how you doing, Jay? Jay Gunzo. Jay, really nice to, to meet, meet you. you. I'm John Grado, CEO, second generation owner of Grado Labs. An analogy I use you see the paintings around the room. Yeah. My father painted them. And my father would tell us, go look at the painting, 
but you go close and you look at the brush strokes because that's what composites the painting. See the brush strokes? See how the artists use the brush strokes? Step back and look at the picture. So when we're designing headphones, that's what we do. First, you know, we have music on and we go in and we look at the detail. We, we listen to the little symbol, the, the triangle, the guitar, the ba you know, the drums. We pull it apart and listen to all the pieces. And then we'll sit back and we'll listen to the whole song or the picture, the full picture. John describes his relationship to sound in all kinds of colorful ways. You heard the painting analogy, that's his favorite, and his second favorite is talking about being a chef in a kitchen. Now, as a fellow Sicilian myself, just like John, I love that one. He says that sometimes he's tinkering in his kitchen, his factory, and he has to sprinkle on a little extra oregano for one of his new products to get that sound tasting just right. In addition to all these awesome analogies, you'll often hear him repeating his favorite phrase, sound comes first. Oh, I have lots of phrases and I can, <laughs> as, as we talk, they come out. Um, when you spend just five minutes with John, his beliefs are easy to see. His company, on the other hand, is not. And I mean that literally. The Great Labs factory is like impossible to find. Believe me, I tried and I almost failed. One sunny and sweltering summer day in New York, I took a lift down to Brooklyn from my home in Queens, which, as New Yorkers know, takes like 12 hours, and I finally hopped out at what I thought was the right address. I mean, it is the right address, right? Is it? I mean, it says that this is the place. Where the heck? I was standing in front of this metal door, which belonged to this rundown-looking building on a nondescript block. The door itself was really hard to see, since it and the walls around it were covered in graffiti. There was no sign for Grado Labs, no doorbell, nothing. I, uh, I guess I'll knock? Answering the door was Jonathan Grado, John's son. Jonathan is the third generation Grado to work here since his dad bought the company from Jonathan's great uncle. Jonathan is now their VP of marketing. I said to him, hey, uh, dude, what's with the door? And he just laughed. For a while, we had a little piece of scotch tape under the doorbell that said Grado, and that was it. And it's actually, this, the tape is still there, but you can't see it because the city painted over it when they try to clean up the graffiti. And now the graffiti's back, but our tape is gone. Uh, very unassuming, but we're not, we're not flashy. We really just have no interest in that. So it kind of just... It's not on purpose, but it works out. So what exactly goes on in this mysterious graffiti-covered building? We hand-build headphones here in Brooklyn. Hand-built? Hand-built, yeah. So on the second floor, the floor is split up between the entry-level pairs and the higher-end pairs. And the higher-end pairs on the right side of the floor, they're all done by two sisters. And that's it. So if you have any of our wooden pairs or our metal pairs... The two sisters have built them, each one, since 1994. The Grado family has owned this building since 1918. It was Jonathan's great-grandfather who first bought it after immigrating here from Sicily. For a while, it was actually used to run a family fruit store. But then, in the early 50s, Jonathan's great-uncle, who lived with Jonathan's grandfather, started to make phonograph needles on their kitchen table. Bit by bit, he built a business, until the brothers decided to replace the fruit store with this growing audio company. That was in 1958, and since then, the Grado family has made audio products. 
Jonathan's father, John, who you heard briefly before, the, the CEO, he came to work at this business in the 60s when he was just 12 years old. I wanted to make a few bucks so I could take my girlfriend to the movies. 12 years? Yeah, girlfriend at 12 year old. Huh? Uh, Us Italians yeah, yeah, do well yeah, at an yeah. early age. <laughs> and she was older than I was, too. <laughs> um, and basically, I worked, uh, you know, it was all part time, but I, I stayed until I was finished with college. In 75, I came and uh, started full-time, and here I am today. And in the mid-90s, Grado Labs began to focus on headphones. Sound-first, simply constructed, handmade headphones. I think, here, I'll take you downstairs. Okay. Let's, so where, where are we heading now? We are headed to where the... Uh, parts that we need to get molded. Okay. This is very much like putting me back into my grandfather's basement. <laughs> yeah. It absolutely is. So a lot of these machines we've had for decades. Um, a lot of these, some of these we built ourselves. Obviously this one is the newest one, which we did not build ourselves. Um, a lot of these machines are from the 60s, 70s. There are some machines from the 40s in the back. Uh, and then let me show you some. We are on the second floor now, and the second floor is dedicated to uh, headphone production. Here, right now, Priscilla is building, she's assembling our, is that the 1000 or 2000? The 2000. So that's our new flagship headphone that just came out last month. How many of those will you guys make in a, in a day? I mean, it all varies. Like sometimes I can make twenty, thirty, but sometimes like it, like if we have an order, I have to stop and do a di do different things. So, yeah. how long have you been working here? Uh, what, twenty-three. 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 Years, yeah. 23. Oh wow! It's a nice big family. <laughs> <laughs> what we've been doing is experimenting with different wood for limited editions, and we actually started using cocobolo for one. Cocobolo wood. Oh wow! This like is all really the same deep. And this is this is all the same wood. Yeah. Wow, it's but like it they're so incredibly different. This one's like bright red, yep. and that one's like close to black, and it's the same wood. This is all the same wow. wood. That one's got like stripes. It looks like a tiger. That's really cool. So what was nice about this wood is that visually, it's really different from our usual mahogany. And these were beautiful, stunning, really, with all these wooden pieces on the outside, the the parts that you put over your ears. But then John pushed aside this stack of cardboard boxes, and that's when this factory suddenly became something else. This is from April 24th, 1995. So I was four years old. Never forget, that's how tall I am. Oh my God. And then I, we did it, and then I started hitting the, <laughs> the telephone. On the white wall were all these old yellowing pieces of tape, one on top of the other. They were easy to miss, but John knew exactly where they were because these pieces of tape were where his parents and their factory workers would measure young Jonathan's height as he grew up. You see, Jonathan actually grew up in this place, literally. So this was your, this was your childhood home that's now, now your work? Yeah, this used to be, uh, the whole top floor was where we lived. I learned how to walk here and now it's a listening room. Jonathan pointed behind me to the hallway leading away from the production room. Maybe 10 feet down the hall was another door. Inside, we walked in between these messy rows of boxes all the way to the back wall of the room, which was this old, faded yellow color. And there, on the wall, was something I just did not expect to see. 
In this wall, which is still there, is uh, our old bedrooms and stuff, which you can see at the end. And like my mom's artwork is still on the wall, and the glow-in-the-dark stars on the ceiling and wow. all that fun stuff. Wow. At the top, there was this drawing of Disney's Minnie Mouse, sleeping soundly under a blanket. Below that, Tommy and Chucky from The Rugrats, the Nickelodeon show. Beneath them were Big Bird, Elmo, Tigger, Pooh, and Piglet. And peeking out from some of those stacked boxes at the very bottom, a couple of bananas in pajamas. Jonathan's life and Grado Labs are, and always have been, inseparable. And that hasn't always been easy for Jonathan. Growing up, I was really embarrassed about what my family did. Um, I didn't want to tell anyone about it. In the seventh grade, we did a career day, and we had to dress up in what we wanted to be when we grew up. So everyone came in dressed as a lawyer or a doctor or a soccer player or a baseball player. And I came in in a t-shirt and jeans with headphones on. And I was like, I'm going to be my dad. And my friends didn't know what my dad did. And I, if I said that he built headphones, that was weird. And the teachers kind of thought I was just trying to get away with wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Uh, so it kind of made me embarrassed for what my family did. And I think the eighth grade career day, the next career day, I just skipped it completely. And because Grado hasn't advertised since 1964... Growing up, I knew no one who uh, had even heard of us. And so the young version of Jonathan chose not to work at Grado Labs. But then, sophomore year of college, he attended a resume building seminar at his school. And I realized I needed to put something else on my resume, just something to fill it. So I went to my dad and I asked if I could put social media director. And he was like, well, do you do it? And I was like, no, we don't have a Facebook or Twitter or anything. So he was like, okay, if you do it, then you can put it on there. I've, I rolled my eyes and I was like, okay, fine. What does that say about your dad that when you said, I'm going to put this on my resume and he said have you done it, you have to do it first. My dad's been here since he was 12 years old. He's been, he started sweeping the floors in 1965. That was his first job. And I, he trained with his, his uncle, my great uncle who started the company. And for him, like he grew up with like sound comes first. Um, if it was up to him, the headphones might come in paper bags. Not because appearances don't matter, but because as long as the headphone sounds good, that's the main goal. And with that, there's no shortcut to just fill my resume with fluff, like I actually need to do it. And so Jonathan set up the company's social media accounts. And it just snowballed from there and I fell in love with it. But now that he was actually invested in this business, I came with all these big ideas and I was like, oh, we need, why, like, why are we still in this building? All my friends' companies have big white open spaces with communal tables. They all have IMAX, like, why don't we have that? We should start looking for somewhere else to go. And my dad was like, no. Again, I wasn't looking to go out and push and push and push because I like what I do. If a machine breaks, I go down, I'm working on the machine. But again, I wanted to move out of here because it, it, was, it was just like another home. Yeah. Um, it, I didn't really see what made it special. Now, we don't have limits on how big we'll grow, but we want the growth to be a natural growth. If... You know, I, w I don't want to say claim that we'd be successful, but if we wanted to grow it mega big, maybe we could have. But then maybe I'd be sitting in an office dealing with accountants and stockholders, you know, and banks and stuff. And that's that, I really have no interest in that. Most people running their own companies envision this this massive hit, this billion dollar empire. 
I'm not going to lie. We're in business. We want to make money. But for John as CEO, it's much more important that they operate the right way than whichever way unlocks the fastest growth. This, this kind of goes back to a story my father told me about my grandfather. My, you know, my grandfather would go to the market in Manhattan every morning to get his vegetables and fruit. My father went with them, would go with them once in a while. And my grandfather would always go an hour early, like 3.30 in the morning. And he had, you know, if you can imagine an old uh, pickup truck. And my grandfather told him that he went an hour earlier, so he had his pick of the vegetables and the fruit. Because his feeling was that if he had the best product for his customers, his customers would be happy and he'd be successful. And that's kind of what we do. Explain to me why this is a good headphone. If I were picking it up in the store, what would I be looking at? It really, it's everything. I can change the cushion and you'll hear the difference in sound. Okay? I can change the enclosure. I can change the size of the enclosure and you'll hear the difference. I can change, you know, the cabling. So it's it's really a formula that goes together, and every everything has its uh, you know some some parts are more important to the sound, but you know we've really gone over it, and you know that might be one of the reasons you know some people will say oh really the look hasn't changed in years. Well, no, we've done our work for a while. Jonathan just didn't embrace this idea. Maybe he didn't want to, or maybe he didn't care to. It's hard to say. But I kind of get it, don't you? We, we live in this era of constant change with all kinds of great new technologies. I mean, you're listening to a podcast right now, so there's a good chance that you feel some kind of pride in understanding how this digital age works. And if your business felt too slow or your colleagues too stubborn, well, it's really easy to see how you could get frustrated. The same could be said for Jonathan. But then one night, something started to change in his mind. The Grado family had just arrived at the movies. And someone walked by before we got into the theater wearing our headphones. So uh, we thought it was cool, but my dad stopped him and asked if he, if he liked them. And the guy really did. And my dad told him who he was and that he's just happy that he likes them. And the guy geeked out. The guy was so psyched to meet my dad. And I remember that was the first time me really seeing that there are people out there who like what we've done. What, you, what were you thinking in that moment? Like, what were you feeling when you saw that happen? Uh, I've never seen that... that uh, I've never felt that kind of pride in, like, wow, like, decades of my family's work led to that moment. And it's just... Uh, two guys meeting on the street talking about headphones and that was kind of cool um well, what did you think about what your dad did before that versus after that like how did your perception change my dad's always gone into work like a, a nine to five job five to six days a week so to me it wasn't anything really special it was just kind of like oh dad went to work okay dad's back the only people who knew of us that i spoke to at that time was family members so it wasn't anything uh unique at that point and that really changed my perspective uh and i remember my mom was just like we're gonna be late for the movie he didn't she didn't want it going to my dad's head that this guy uh really liked it um i think afterwards she reminded him that he still needed to take out the trash like that night and everything like <laughs> okay so yeah so f that's when i started to not really be embarrassed about everything yeah. and the more he worked away at the company's social media the more that night at the theater kept happening 
I asked if he'd read us a recent comment on Twitter. Huge thanks to Grado. Ears are the happiest they've ever been. These are butter and syrup and clouds <laughs> from the Shadow Boxers, which is a band from oh, Nashville, wow. Tennessee. And here's another comment on social. So, I've probably said this 20 times already, but the sound that comes from my Grado headphones is unmatched. Incredible experience. So, I remember for this one, I had replied with, close to what he said, we've probably said this 20 times already, but the human known as Evan Schuster is unmatched. Incredible experience. And then he replied, I never thought I would get more compliments from an audio company than my wife, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, what do these interactions feel like? I mean, you you guys are in this building every day. It's a a small building. It's a family business. It's local. Like, and now here you are being able to, like, share your message and your products with the outside world and get the feedback loop back to you. Like, how does that make you feel as the guy who, who gets to see that every day? It makes you feel like what your family's been up to for the past six decades. It's It's been worth it. Every experience this company has had, every up and down, everything you've worked on, it's led to that one person enjoying their music or whatever they're listening to. That's what we aim for. That's like why we get up in the morning. We don't come to work thinking, oh, we're great. Oh, we make the best headphones in the world. I come to work like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm driving a truck, working in a garage. But when people come and visit and then they talk about how, you know, that's when we find out how we're looked upon from the outside looking in. That's uh, that's a good feeling. But again, it, that's <laughs> we don't we don't come here thinking, you know, that isn't what drives us on a daily basis. But it's a nice feeling and it's a reassuring feeling. You know, it's nice that people like what we do. There's no branding team that sits down. There's no marketing team that sits down and, and is like, this is how we need to start talking. These are the buzzwords we need to use. It's just like me sitting on the couch, like answering tweets while I watch TV. It's, it's, there's no boardroom where decisions are made. Decisions are made at the dinner table. That's, that's really how it's always been. There was one time my mom, it was near Halloween and my mom dressed me up as a superhero. And I was meant to just stay up here because there was a long cape and there was a mask and I couldn't really see, but I was really excited and I wanted to go show my dad. So I ran to the stairs and I stepped on my cape and I hit every single stair going down. And when I looked up, my dad had run over, but like seven or eight other employees from the floor. It's funny because that's probably like my favorite memory here growing up, like falling down the stairs and hitting each one. But uh, I think it was the first time that I saw that I had more than just like my immediate family here. Everyone in the building is family. I've been with them for the last 26 years. What Jonathan's done with the social media from all over the world, there there are the end users that communicate with them you know, he's really expanded the Grado family. More than ever before, Jonathan has embraced that this idea of family is what drives the business and his own success. What once looked to him like a constraint, he now considers a strength. If there was a machine that popped out the headphone and then boxed it and then wrapped it and then just wait to strength to the customer, things would like things would move faster. Things would be cheaper. It's just like the 20 of us building these here. A lot of people come to this building or will see us and then be like, okay, great, where's the, this is a nice like intro to the building. Where's that, where's that bigger building? Where's that 500,000 square feet manufacturing plant? And it's like, no, we don't have any of that. Um, What you see today is just like what we do and there's nothing more to it. But precisely because they don't believe there's anything more to this, there's a ton more to it. Like for instance, Jonathan casually pointed over to the right as we spoke, up against the wall in the listening room. 
There sat a tiny little dark brown table, and on top was this unassuming black box with the familiar white logo of the Beatles. But just given the time I'd spent at Great O Labs, I had a hunch there was something more to it. That is the Beatles box set signed by George Martin, who was like the fifth Beatle. He produced all the Beatles albums. Through a lucky encounter, I met Giles Martin, his son, and his son had said before he knew who I was or anything, he had said that he he used to have a pair of Grado headphones and he used them for everything, but they had broke and he just never got them repaired. So I, I texted my dad and I was like, we got to get him a fixed pair of headphones. So we became friends. I sent him a pair of headphones. He had come here, hung out here and everything. He left and I had emailed him. It was right before Christmas. My dad is a huge Beatles fan. And I asked him if he could just get any record signed by his dad. Uh, I would pay for it, pay for everything. Um, and it would give me a Christmas present to my dad. So he just responded, he'd do me one better. And he had a whole box set signed by his dad sent here. And it was like my dad's favorite Christmas present ever. Um, But what was cool is from dad to dad was the box set of vinyl. And then from Giles to me was a signed CD. So it was kind of just, it was cool. Oh, oh, is that all? Just cool. Yep. But that's the Grados. And it all started, why? Because they did the right thing for their customers. Why do you think people gravitate towards you guys? It's tough to talk about us without... I'm trying not to sound like full of it um, or like smug. I don't know. I think there's, I think there's something a, a bit more genuine about what we do. One of the reasons I don't believe in advertising is today every product is the world's greatest, and you know that it can't be true. I don't believe it, so I don't think that if we advertise, why would people believe that we're the world's greatest? I'd rather have somebody telling them, you know, try a Grado headphone. I have nothing against advertising, but it's kind of a nice feeling when someone finds out about you from a friend and you know it's not from, oh, they saw my commercial 15 times in the past two days or they drove by my billboard all week and now they're finally thinking of us that's great but it kind of means a lot to us when someone says oh my friend recommended this or another nice one is when someone says that their dad had our headphones in the early 90s or that they grew up with their our cartridges in like the 60s and 70s and that we're still around and now they're getting into us like that is so cool to see that something my great uncle and that my dad had put so much work into is now seeing a second generation customer come into the fold that's just that's just really cool their care for their craft their retro style their authenticity and transparency even their brooklyn office everything about what they do is what so many companies are trying to manufacture but it's what great labs just is people who are just finding out about us don't realize how long we've been here and would be like oh, they chose Brooklyn because it's hip. And it's like, here's our history. Like, we've been here a long time. We've seen so many cultures come and go just in this, like, four-block radius. Um, we didn't grow Grado with the thoughts of selling it off or being acquired. Uh, we built it to sustain our family and our employees. And every year, I mean, it grows. Some people want to grow their companies fast. Some people prefer to grow slowly. Some people want bigger teams, newer tech, sleeker offices, and some people want to keep things exactly the same. Some brands want their products to remind you of big ideas like defiance or passion or love. But in the end, I don't think it matters which way you choose to build your business. 
What matters is you choose it. The source of real meaning and fulfillment in this stuff isn't the amount of success in our work. It's how we do our work. To say that sound comes first, my dad is an understatement. Like that is the main priority that something sounds good. That's like what he lives by. Like that it does. It's not just a phrase to get someone to buy something like that's his that's his motto. What do you prefer to listen to when you go to test out your products? There's an Eric Clapton album I listen to, an Ella Fitzgerald album I listen to, and a Duke Ellington album I listen to. Ella Fitzgerald is the voice. Duke Ellington, it's a cut that has a xylophone. Eric Clapton, it's a cut where it opens and there's clapping, and then it'll just get into a little guitar picking and stuff. So we have our sound system over here. I haven't changed any of the equipment there in 27 years. If I change anything, I lose my reference point, and I don't want to lose my reference point. I think it's taken a while for me to realize that there's nothing wrong with the way we operate. Um, like I said, once I first came here, I was like, this needs to change and that needs to change. And I'm a 23-year-old who knows everything. And then my dad is like, no. <laughs> We don't need to change buildings. We don't need to do this. Um, the headphones can come in any color as long as it's black. Like that's uh, like the, it takes you a while to. Uh, oh, it's almost like I had to learn patience. Like I had my dad had to teach me that we might not be where we are today if we just kept making changes all the time. Um, there's no rush, and I think that's what might set us apart uh, from other just companies in general that we just do what makes us happy what's a headphone you have a headband you have a cushion you have a, a speaker a driver and you have something that holds the speaker and driver and a cable seems pretty simple what's your secret <laughs> um you know there's a word i like to use you know, and I can only really use this for myself, is I'm content. I don't know what you're hearing, but that sounds pretty great to me. <laughs>